everyone, and welcome back to the Redbeard Outdoors podcast. I'm Jonathan, your host, and here at Redbeard Outdoors, I talk about faith, family, fitness, the outdoors, along with gear that goes along with that, which is our Tinkering Tuesdays. And then on Saturdays, you're going to hear amazing conversations like today with individuals that are either part of a certain brand that I've worked with, are experts in a field, and it varies to even people that are like you and me that are just getting started on our journey are fairly new in the last couple of years of certain things that we're learning and get to have conversations and talk to them about how they get better as well. So we can all learn together and just get better as individuals. That's all I want. That's what we got here in the podcast. That's what I share on YouTube. Definitely go check out the YouTube channel as well if you're looking to have those uh, see the faces and the interactions there with the conversations or the gear reviews are even better on YouTube because you can see me break down the gear in person, see what it looks like and the features I'm talking about. So with that being said, guys, today I have an amazing guest. His name is Ryan Bassham. He is one of the guys that started Peaks. He has done some amazing things. He has many fires going at the same time, but Peaks is the main one that we focus on in this conversation, along with some other things that we've got going on. He's just an amazing father, amazing husband, loves giving here in the U.S. and across the water, the big grand ocean over in Africa. He gets to talk a little bit about that as well. Loves hunting, loves the outdoors, loves his family. Amazing overall individual, not to mention his mustache is phenomenal. I don't think I'll ever rock a mustache like that, but uh, that's a fun story as well that we talk about here in the podcast. So definitely stay tuned. Uh, let's listen in on this conversation with Ryan. I'm stoked to have him on. And the equipment that they make over at Peaks is amazing. I love their walking sticks. They make plenty of other things and just came out with a shelter as well, if that's something you're looking at. So without further ado, let's tune into this conversation with Ryan, Bassham, and Peaks. Hey everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. I've got an amazing guest here. We've got Ryan Bat is Bassam, right? Bassam or Basham? Bass like a fish, ham like a pig. It's as redneck as you can make it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you know, sometimes you hear those awesome stories of how people come over, like their ancestors came over, like blacksmith. They were given these titles. It'd be interesting to know where the where Bassham came up with. You know? Uh, I was able to track it back as far as like the 1700s to uh, Norfolk, England, but no clue what they did over there. So, hmm, interesting. All right, <laughs> well, that's cool. Learn something new every day, right? So we got we got Ryan Bassham here, and uh, Ryan is he does a lot of stuff. Basically, an awesome entrepreneur loves to help companies grow. Um, he's part owner of Peaks. Uh, which is where I met you through, and uh, Peaks just makes some amazing gear. There's a couple things that I'm that I've got in the works, uh, like the headlamp, the trekking poles. You guys have all seen that, uh, and it's just amazing equipment. You can tell it's quality and just works, which is what we want out in the mountains. Sure. So uh, Ryan, you know who are you with the awesome mustache? How do you get that thing to stay that way? Like I, yeah. And this thing started out as a COVID <laughs> joke that just won't go away. Um. <laughs> My wife, I came out with a mustache one day and she was like, shave that off. And I was like, nah, and then kept going. But, you know, wax, I don't have, do I, yeah, here we go. I actually got some here on my desk. If, if you need to have an, an awesome mustache, there you go. That's it right there. <laughs> Death grip. That's awesome. <laughs> 
That's awesome. Well, cool. Well, who are you, Ryan? Yeah. So, um, man, I feel like, uh, like a lot of people I've, I've been fortunate, um, kind of came from humble beginnings. My family's owned a travel agency, uh, most of my life. My parents just recently re- retired. And so I grew up in the Dallas, Texas area, just kind of a Northeast Texas, um, farm kid that, you know, I'd never thought I'd hunt anything other than whitetail and, and waterfowl. And I've been fortunate to kind of travel the globe, work for a lot of really cool companies in the hunting space. Um, and now I live in Bozeman, Montana with uh, my wife and kids. And so um, it depends on how, how many layers you want to pull back on that. But high level, you know, I, I consider myself an executive professional in the hunting industry and, uh, and a content creator. So I get to, to travel around quite a bit to, to hunt and produce content and um, just do my best to, to live the dream. That's amazing. That's really cool. And you've got some awesome mounts there behind you. Uh, you know, I'm not (laughs) a lot of memory. Yeah. I'm not big. (laughs) Yeah. I bet I'm not big into, uh, you know, to waterfowl hunting actually. And, uh, it's something that, that hasn't really drawn my attention. Um, but I think it's awesome to hear people talk about it and how they get passionate about it and they can tell the differences in certain birds and, uh, you know, just, just getting after it that way. And then the camaraderie that comes along with it. I think that's, that's pretty awesome. So how did you get from whitetail waterfowl hunter to getting out West Mm -hmm. and being interested in that? And then on top of that, becoming, making that kind of your full-time thing. Yeah. Um, great question. So we'll have to rewind quite a bit. So my dad, um, even though we lived in, I grew up in Northeast Texas, my dad would go to Colorado every year hunting elk. He did that for 20 years. Him and my uncles would go. And so it was always this big aspirational thing as, you know, a kid growing, growing up in the, in the Dallas area and with dairy farming roots. Um, you know, man, one day I want to get out to the mountains and hunt elk like my dad and my uncles. And so, uh, I just didn't think it was going to be attainable. I had big aspirations to, to go to Africa one day and some other crazy places around the world. But but elk was always kind of high on the list. And so um, I, I, I served a mission uh, for the church that I go to, and I lived in Ecuador for a couple of years. And I think that experience really just kind of opened up my eyes to, you know, you can you can go and to some pretty incredible places and, and experience some pretty incredible things. And so having gone through that experience, my parents being travel agents, I was like, you know, like, I need to stretch myself and get outside my little box of, of Northeast Texas and, and see what else is out there. And so um, while I was in college, I had the opportunity to kind of work part time as a booking agent and help uh, organize some, some different hunts and, and trips to different places around the world. I uh, did that in conjunction with my parents' travel agency. Um, and then I had the opportunity from there to kind of get into the sales and marketing side of business in the outdoor space, which led to a, a job with Drake Waterfowl, which led to a job at Sitka Gear. Um, all the way along, I was kind of helping my family with the booking agency and, and doing things in that respect. And um, the the move from the south up to Bozeman was because I took a job at Sitka Gear. And so along the way through that path, I had lots of opportunities to host clients on different hunts around the world, um, started getting out West on my own a little bit more. And, um, also got that, that addiction to, you know, chasing big bugle and elk with a bow and, um, was able to scratch that itch a lot. And so, uh, but, but getting here to Bozeman's really kind of what, what did it. So Bryce Bishop, who's the owner of, of Peaks, he and I go to church together. 
And um, I get a random phone call from him one day and he's like, man, I got this, this wild business idea. I, I want to run it past you. And so we, uh, we went to breakfast one morning and he's like, you know, I was using these trekking poles and they were really crappy and they broke when we were packing this bull out. What do you think if, if I started a company, um, based around trekking poles and, and we call them sissy sticks? I was like, Bryce, that's a horrible idea. I don't, I don't think it's going to work, but you should do it. Like why? <laughs> and I was still working at sick gear at the time. And so, uh, anyways, he, he started doing it. Um, I, I helped him as much as I could. I had a full-time job, obviously big stuff going on at sick at the time. And so I helped him a, a little bit on the side and things progressed. It finally came time for me to, to move, uh, out of what I was doing at Sitka and some other opportunities came available, which made a whole lot of sense. And so one of those being peaks, um, and it's just been growing like crazy ever since, obviously, the, the whole story behind why Sissy Sticks is pretty fun, but we we expanded beyond just trekking poles. And and that's where we've seen some tremendous growth with the company. So we're just, we're holding on to the rocket ship as, as tight as we can as it as it continues to go upward. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yeah, and it's, it's pretty funny because it's catchy, right? Yeah. Like, I can only imagine him pitching that idea to you and you being like, yeah, because there's a lot of manly men, you know, burly men that are wanting to go out and hunt and do the Western thing. And uh, actually, it's funny because I do hear there's some other words that might get tossed around for people that use trekking poles, but sissy is definitely one of them. And, uh, you know, it's it's funny that, that that's what he came up with. That's, that's what he wanted to run with. And it's taken off. I mean, it, it stands out. It's not just a trekking pole. It's you got sissy stuff. Yeah. So the cool thing about that, um, an older gentleman, he's in his seventies now. Uh, his name's David, David Clark. And so he lives here in town with us. Um, he used to take Bryce and, and his brothers up all the time back when they were kids growing up here. Um, super macho guy, great hunter, spent a lot of time of, of his life in the mountains. And so he's the one that coined sissy sticks because he, he still goes out in his seventies and tries to get an elk every year. And, uh, he gets frustrated and he's hiking along. He's like, ah, give me those sissy sticks referring just to trekking poles in general. And so that's kind of where that came from. It's kind of a tip of the hat to a mentor of Bryce's, um, you know, Bryce really respects him. And, and we thought it was funny against the grain, you know, kind of like what you're saying. It's like, you know, we, we, we try to be too macho in this industry sometimes. And yeah, like what we're doing is it's, it's a lot of fun and it could be hard work, but like, man, at the end of the day, like, anybody who really wants to do this, it's, it's definitely achievable and doable. So going against the grain with that name was, was a great way to stand out and, and be differentiated from everybody else trying to be so hardcore. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's taken off. It's been a lot of fun. That's awesome. Yeah. And that, that's really cool. I love hearing that too, that, you know, names come from mentors or tipping the hat to people, giving respect to other people as well. And, and it definitely is a conversation starter, uh, you know, and, and, and I love bringing people over to, uh, you know, during the Western hunt expo or even just here at home and showing them that difference because there's a, there's a difference. So for people that don't know, uh, the sissy sticks, which I have some kind of off frame over here, uh, but, Half of it's aluminum, the other half is carbon. So you get some of the weight savings, you get the heat uh, lack of you know that transfer um, of heat, but also you get the the bendability of of aluminum rather than it snapping. So walk us through that just a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, I mean the whole idea was to kind of create this this hybrid um, product that gives you the best of both worlds. I mean the issues that we were facing with you know 
other products we'd used in the past before we we came up with this this company. Um, they were breaking really easily. You know, like you sacrifice a lot of durability when you're trying to, um, you know, save on weight. But when you save on weight and you're you're sacrificing your durability, you tend to find yourself in uncomfortable situations. And so the the whole mission has been how do we stay comfortable on the mountain? Because the more comfortable you are and the, the longer you can stay out, the more success you'll probably have. Success comes with time in the field. And so making products and the trekking pole being being that first one um, that that keep you in the field longer and, and more comfortable has, has always been the goal. And so, yeah, the design of that trekking pole, um, obviously, you, there's a lot of strength still in that carbon, even though it's a little bit lighter. Um, with that aluminum, you know, upper part, it, it allows you to to have heavier workloads most trekking poles on the market they're not built for for pack outs um they're built for you know a day hiker essentially and so ours are built to take more of a heavy weight load um up and down steep inclines and and that's kind of what sets us apart specifically for the hunter we like to say we're for hunters by hunters and and we test the product as such no, I really like that. That's awesome. And in your gear, kind of all, um, all the gear that you guys have come out with kind of builds on itself, right. but it is, it's something that, that people can use, uh, if they're backpacking, if they're hikers, but also it's more geared toward the durability that hunters want as right. well. Um, because you're out there in rough situations, uh, you may be cleaning an animal until late at night. You want to make sure you've got a headlamp that works, uh, preferably you have two or three in your pack with extra batteries uh, because two is one, right? And we've all been there where, and it may not even be that it's dead, but your buddy that comes out to help you is going to be like, Oh yeah. Uh, Do you have a headlamp? (laughs) That happens all the time. For sure. And I I would say most people that uh, opt in on buying our headlamp, they, they usually buy two or three and they're definitely buying extra batteries. So all right, guys. Sorry about that technical difficulties. <laughs> One day when I have an awesome, you know, <laughs> studio built out, and I can invite people in, and you know, maybe one day Joe Rogan. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but but uh, it would be anyway, real and authentic if we didn't have some sort of issue, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it just couldn't handle the mustache. That's what it is. I guess that's what it was. <laughs> they were throwing off my my uh, Wi-Fi or something. I don't know. Yeah. Right. You were receiving signals to the stash rather than. <laughs> We should be good now. So, yeah, perfect. So, what we were talking about there with the, you know, how the gear kind of all goes together. You guys went into headlamps, um, and then of course the trekking poles now with your new uh, tent, which I know Brian Call and and the Gritty Crew has been testing out, and Mm -hmm. you've had some other people out there testing it as well. It's pretty awesome design. Uh, Walk us through your peaks. Is it the TP or what are you guys calling that? That yes. So it's the the Peaks Solitude Four TP. Um, four standing four, you can you can sleep up to four in it. Um, now that TP has different sleep configurations. You can go to our website and see exactly what that is. You can easily sleep two with gear and a stove in there. You can there's a three person layout, four person layout with without gear, with without stove. Um, all the different configurations we kind of have outlined on the website, and so it's it's pretty versatile. Um, if if you hunt with you know a couple different people, and um, you can run that with or without a floor as well. Um, you know, that's kind of the design with it, but, but to your point, you know, the system-based approach for backcountry hunting gear for the campsite is kind of what we're aiming at. You, you heard me say earlier, this is kind of a four hunters by hunters 
sort of a, a company. And we want to own the backcountry hunters camp. That's kind of been our mission. Um, we're, we're all about, you know, durability, comfort, and protection. Th these are the, the principles that we're trying to build this company on. And we want to make sure that our products resonate with all that in a system-based approach. And so, yeah, we, we have the trekking poles. The trekking poles actually integrate into the Peaks Solitude TP. Um, and it's this cross-functional system that sits like this. So that way, the, the benefit of that is once you pitch your TP, um, and you, you put the, the cross trek stabilization system with your poles up in the top, gives you more headspace. It allows all your moisture runoff more evenly, et cetera. And so it's just a way to, to get more benefit out of your gear. You can hang, you know, any wet items, socks, gaiters, whatever, um, from that it acts as a drying system, which is pretty nice as well. And so there's just kind of a lot of, you know, beneficial features within running it like a system in that way. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So the, for, for those of you out there that are maybe looking at TP style um, or backpacking shelters uh, and those of you that are just getting into the Western hunting as well, there's different types of, you know, there's tents that you have your traditional floor with the mesh and then you've got the uh, you know, the rain fly. Those are generally a little bit heavier. Uh, and also, you know, the bigger you get, the more right. material and therefore it's a little bit heavier. And I'm not an ounce counter by any means, but if I can shave reasonably some weight in my pack, sure. makes sense. I'm not going to go chop my, you know, toothbrush in half uh, or like <laughs> pull out half the bristles. Right. Like right. that's not, that's not how much I count ounces, <laughs> but you know, if I can cut some off here and there, it builds up, it adds up to a couple pounds totally. usually. Um, and so that, that's an awesome system. And like you said, you can go different seasons and have the hot tent where you've got a stove Correct. and then you can, and you can put a bottom in it as well. So obviously that's going to weigh a little bit more. And then when you've got your, maybe your elk season uh, that, you know, I don't, if you hunt here in Utah or any high elevation, you're probably going to get some kind of snow or something, but uh, not as much as late season hunting. And so you can get rid of maybe the floor. If you're okay, sleeping on the ground and just have the shelter portion, you're already carrying your trekking poles. Like it, it just, I love being able to integrate as many pieces as possible of the system I'm already carrying into you know the gear and that's going to shave weight naturally right because you don't have tent specific stuff and other things that are specific for certain items if you can cross it over like you guys have mm -hmm. um that that's pretty awesome so why and, and the other thing oh sorry go ahead oh no you're good go ahead oh no, the, just the other thing that i that i like about more of that tp system too is you know if you if you are hunting with a group of two three four guys um, you can split all that up between your packs. So like when you're talking about weight savings, like you don't have to sacrifice comfort and durability, um, you know, trying to count, you know, ounces and, and shave too much weight. Like the beauty of that TP is you can split it up. And that's generally what we've done on hunts together is, um, you know, everybody takes a different piece. Like the, the floor is separate from that TP. You can, I mean, you're carrying your trekking poles usually. Um, and so it makes it really easy to, to kind of split up the weight distribution between your team. Um, a lot of people have been asking on, on our TP, you know, are you going to have a nest? Yes, we do have a nest that's um, in development right now. We're testing. I'm pretty excited about that. Um, and then I think it's pretty obvious that, that we'll have a stove at some point. And so um, that stove I, I I'm tight lipped on, we can't say a lot about it, but everybody should be excited. It is very much different than anything that's been done before. And I think it's going to revolutionize at least that product category in our space. 
Well, that's awesome. Yeah. And again, you know, there's so many people that listen to this. So when you're saying a nest, you're referring to the mesh in inner lining. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So people like if we've got like lampers and Brian, like they're pretty grungy, like they don't usually even run a floor. Um, They're, they're just taking the teepee, no floor, no nest, Um, you know, springtime bear hunts, um, even, you know, some of our early fall hunts, when you're having a little bit more issues with bugs and that's something that bothers you and you want a little bit more protection from that, the floor and the nest um, are, are kind of the answer to, to solving that problem. And, and, and again, it's all about comfort. So being able to, to have those options is kind of the name of the game. Yep. I definitely agree with that. And I, I love that you can take it apart to a certain degree and then add on as you need or want. You have more people, you have less people, you know, you can split up the load. That's a pretty cool system. Uh, yeah. Now, why, I'm just going to ask you, why would someone go to you and Peaks? Uh, what makes you guys stand out? What makes your, we're going to stay on teepees for now, but the Solitude Tent. Sure. Um, what makes that stand out over some of the competitors? What's something that you guys yeah. are excited about? So, you know, I think that, the the integration of the trekking poles is definitely a nice feature, but even more so than that, the guy out system that we have um, is is never been done before. Um, again, when in managing moisture, um, which manages your comfort, um, making sure that you have a TP that's pitched in a way that that um, manages moisture in the best way possible, so you're not getting wet, your gear's not getting wet, etc. Um, I, I feel like we have taken that to, to another level to, to provide maximum comfort and, and moisture management. I think that um, another unique feature, and it's not going to sound exciting, but the way we built the cone in our TP, which for those of you who don't know, the cone is obviously the peak of the TP. Um, there's, that's a big failure point for uh, products that we've used in the past outside our own. And so our product developer, Jason, did a phenomenal job of totally reinventing and, and innovating the way he constructed that cone. Um, there, we've, we've eliminated that failure point for us as, as a company, I feel like. And so um, those two features alone, I, I, I think, are pretty awesome, even down to, you know, why we shaped the door the way we did. Um, having two different entry points, it's all about comfort and ease of use of the product, um, which when after a long day of hunting and you're going back to your home on the mountain, you want easy, simple, durable mm-hmm. and comfortable. And so um, I think those features do do a lot for us and kind of allowing us to stay apart from everything. Um, you know, we it, it is not a Dyneema tent, but that doesn't mean that something may, like that may not happen in the future. And so um, we're, we're not done yet. Um, the Solitude uh, 4 TP is definitely our introduction into shelters, um, but this is going to be a multi-year story for us. And, and I'm excited for the rest of our products to, to come along and uh, support that one in the line. should be really fun. Yeah, for sure. So, and I, I definitely agree. You guys are consistently bringing new things to the table and, and all are changing things according to kind of what you need, you know, what the mm-hmm. hunter needs, what you're wanting, taking feedback uh, and implementing it, which I think it's sure. key uh, rather than just saying, no, we know what we're doing. We've got the best. Yeah. Well, and to your point, you know, um, so David Brinker is, is uh, my counterpart um, at peaks. We worked together at Sitka for a few years. Um, so it's been fun to kind of, um, rally and and get back together on this project. Um, but having that, that testing, 
uh, time period for products. Like there were several products that we worked on in the past with other companies where they just never made it to market um, because there was at some point during the two to three years of testing didn't didn't cut it. It didn't make the cut. Uh, we don't want to give our consumers a bad experience. And we've brought that same philosophy over uh, with Peaks. And, and Bryce has been gracious enough and patient enough to deal with us in that um, and fully embraced it. But when you have guys out there like a Brian Call, um, Ryan Lampers, Corey Jacobson, you know, Stephen Drake, um, Randy Newberg is, is another one that we've, we've brought into the crew um, and, and several, several others that um, and it's not just their notoriety, but the time they spend in the field to test these products with us. Um, they, they've had a lot of time over the last, you know, several decades, some of them to see what works, what doesn't work, and then put our product through the paces. And then we're hundred percent receptive. A lot of, um, companies have worked with in the past, they, they fall in love with their product and it's, no, it's perfect. We don't need to change anything. And our approach is much different. It's what failed. Okay. Why did it fail? How, how do we solve for that? How do we make sure that this isn't something the consumer experiences and putting it in a variety of locations and different, um, you know, temperatures and weather, I think allows us to, to give a better product to, to our consumer audience. And that's our goal. Yeah, no, for sure. That's a, that's a big deal, you know, having, and, and a lot of people don't understand. And if you don't know the names that he just listed off, I'd recommend going and checking them out because they definitely spend a lot of time in the field. I mean, it's really their full-time job. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm kind of jealous uh, that they get to do that. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Careful uh, what you wish for is all I'll say. <laughs> I know, right? It, exactly. It is, but it isn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's kind of a double-edged sword. I'm, uh, you know, just, just dabbling in, in the little bit of travel that I've had. And we were chatting about that yesterday. It's, it gets rough being away from the family right. and, uh, you know, having to travel for, for work or whatever it may be. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, these guys get to be out in the mountains so often. Uh, it, sure. It's pretty awesome. So, you know, getting people to test that, give you that feedback, uh, is 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 just an amazing asset uh, to your company. But also, like you were saying, being able to take that feedback and run with it rather than being like, yeah, okay, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, right. we love our stuff. Right. And, exactly. and and that's awesome to see companies like your, you guys, uh, you know, doing that. So with just describing the door itself, some people don't understand, maybe, if, again, if they're just getting into the TP or shelter, uh, just looking at, different options that are out there. Mm-hmm. What makes your door different? Yeah. So um, what you'll find in our product guys are going to be so mad at me because I don't articulate this as well as I do. So what you'll find is like as a comparative it, is some zippered doors on a TP or a tent, they're just straight down. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's some pros and cons with that. Um, you know, it can make it a little bit more difficult to get in and out of it. You know, some moisture can come back into the TP if you're, if you're not careful about how you're going in and out of a door with that straight down zipper design. Whereas with ours, it's more of a, it's a three-way zipper, which is nice because you can do multiple things out of it, uh, which I'll explain here in a moment, but it's, it's more in a half moon shape. And so it comes up and around from the floor of the TP all the way here. And so the benefit of that is you can control kind of your, your moisture as you're coming in and out of the tent. Um, also, and, and Brian likes to do this a lot, but he'll set his up for spring bear and he'll glass from it. And so he can just open up the top just enough. So it'll fold down this way. And then that way he can sit there and glass, you know, different ridge lines and faces where they're looking for bears. And so it, it allows you to get in and out of the TP more easily. One, 
Um, again, moisture management too, because of the design and three, you can, you can glass out of it based on, on that design feature as well. And so, uh, we had that on, on both sides of it, which makes it pretty, pretty nice if you're running multiple guys out of the teepee. Um, but that's kind of why we went in that direction. It, it just allows you to, to do more things within comfort. Yeah, no, for sure. And there was something else too about the, on typical TPs, they were getting some kind of stretch at the zipper um, Correct. due to that, the pull um, Correct. this way. Is, and yeah, that's so different with, from you guys. Exactly. With this design, um, and, I, and I think that it's, it's multiple pieces working together on that product, but the, our guy out system and, and, and the way that TP's pitched when you pitch it correctly, you're, you're not having any of that sag or, or any issues with seams or, seams or, or anything like that in and around that zipper. Um, so that design also is kind of more in the protection category, as I'll see it, because we've eliminated a, an opportunity of failure. Right. And then uh, at last last piece on that, if you guys out there listening want to know the durability of this tent, go watch Brian call hold it down in the middle of a tornado basically on youtube <laughs> yeah yeah that was a prototype was... as well and so we learned a lot <laughs> on that one you know it's interesting in testing that thing over two years like so where lampers lives he's um in a really windy part of the state um a little bit further west of where i'm at right now in bozeman mm -hmm. and we would just set those things up in different locations um for like multiple multiple weeks at a time when we know wind was really going to be ripping and we'd be like all right it's hitting 50 mile an hour gusts out here where where is it failing where's where's the weakness um just trying to find any sort of you know issue we could we could solve for and so again doing that process whether it was on hunts and even when it wasn't hunting season like that that tp was set up somewhere pretty much 24 7 for a couple of years just nope this failed all right let's make this correction order another prototype try it again um but i think we went through like six or seven prototypes before we finally got it to how we want it and then of course without fail and i've learned this over the course of my career in consumer products you get it finally to a close enough place to launch it where you're confident and then like a couple of weeks into it you're like i could have done this or we could have done that and and so we'll always be improving that's just the nature of being in consumer products but the testing on this thing was rigorous to your point. Like we, we put it through as much as we possibly could. Pardon the brief interruption, but I wanted to invite you to come and join us over at Redbeard's Fit Crew and First Form Outdoors Facebook group. Guys, the links are down below. Definitely come join us. Why would you want to join? Because it's just a great group of individuals in both groups that are looking to push you to get better on a day-to-day -day basis. There's challenges, there's individuals you're gonna meet that will be great accountability partners. If you want to meet other families, maybe in your area to go camping with, hiking with, experience the outdoors, whatever, definitely go check out those groups. Um, we've got a challenge going on in Redbeard's Fit Crew right now as well. Every month we're gonna be doing a challenge. Uh, guys, definitely worth going and joining. Here's your personal invitation. Come join us over there. And if you go to the the First Form Outdoors Facebook group, let them know Redbeard sent you. <clears throat> Excuse me. A quick shout out to our partners and show affiliates. First, of course, First Form, uh, best supplements on the market. If you're looking for anything from protein powders all the way to greens, best greens formula out there, and multivitamins. If you're looking for clothing, everything's over there at First Form. Check out the link down below. Get free shipping on orders over $75. Next, but definitely not least, Alpenfuel and Heather's Choice. 
check those companies out, guys. Best clean eats in the back country. Great gluten-free options as well if you're gluten-free like myself. And even if you're not, they have some amazing options. Hands down, my favorite meals in the back country. Definitely go check them out. Use the links and codes down below to save money on those websites. Black Ovis, best company that brings together so many companies, basically best gear company on the market. Uh, they've got everything from backpacks to glass to boots to clothing. Go check them out if you're in need of gearing up for your hunt or your backpacking trips. This year, check out Black Ovis. All-in digiscoping, best digiscoping option on the market. A3 archery bowstrings, Cryptech, Kestrel glassing systems, Quattro archery stabilizers, GoRuck, Sheep Feet custom orthotics, Absolute Aid CBD, MyMedic, Affect beard oil, Muley Freak Bino Harness, the game changer, and Bow Hunters United group. Definitely go check all those partners and affiliates out down below and come join us at Redbeard's Fit Crew. Thanks so much, guys. Now let's get back to the conversation with Ryan from Peaks. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, and that's, that again, that that just is a testament to people think about this. And I, I love talking to people because I'm a gear junkie and, and people, you know, yeah. bring these questions to me, even though I don't necessarily work for any company. Um, you know, they wonder how, why it takes so long to make these changes. And what they don't realize is like what you've been saying, it's taken you guys yeah. years. Like this yeah. wasn't an idea you guys even came up with last year. Like this yeah. is something you guys have been working on since a couple of years ago, at least. Right. And that's right. with a physical product, let alone before that, having the blueprint for it and that's visualizing right. it and picturing it. People don't realize how long it takes to come out with a new product. It's not just, yep. Hey, let's put it into a computer and now we're going to go 3d print it. And we that's magically it. have this product. <laughs> All the products that people want to complain about and get frustrated with because like, oh, I bought this thing and it didn't do this. I'm like, how could they? it's because they probably did exactly what you just said. They didn't take the time to test it. They went, oh, well, we can find an OEM manufacturer to just do that. We'll slap a logo on it. And then they put it out to the market and say it's great. Mm -hmm. And then people use it and they're like, oh, this isn't great at all. Like this wasn't tested specific to what we're doing as as hunters in our case. Um, we we don't do that. That's yep definitely something we're not interested in so and 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 i can imagine that whole process being a little frustrating because you're obviously yeah. wanting wanting to get it out as soon as possible and having to like okay this is good enough wait there's something else dang it that's another month or so and you're like well, oh, yeah, wait, we're ready. you're yeah. just investing money investing money investing money there's no return through the prototyping process it's just mm -hmm. spin 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 it's like oh my gosh we're we are not making money and this yeah, is not a exactly. nonprofit. So, uh, yeah. but to do right by your customers and, and make sure they have a great experience in the field, like it's, it's what, what you have to do. So yep. you plan yeah, for it in this, in this society where, you know, people are so caught up on likes or views or, you know, they're like, right. and, and people get so anxious. They build this reel and they send <laughs> it out on Instagram and they're like, Oh my gosh, I hope it gets X amount of views. <laughs> you know, it, you guys take years to build these products and you, I, I can imagine it's a similar, if not greater anxiety of like, okay, oh, yeah, this has to do well. <laughs> sure. No, absolutely. Um, it, uh, there's definitely, I mean, but we go into every project knowing like, Hey, like we put a lot of forethought into it. We, we look at our, our product map for even the next five years coming up and we're like, all right, does this 
fit the model for what we're trying to accomplish for our, for our customers. Okay, yes, it does. So now let's start the prototyping process, start making those investments. But at any point, it's you may have to shoot that thing in the head and walk away. And mm-hmm. it's a loss, but you've saved customers um, a bad experience from our brand. And so right. fortunately, we haven't had to quite do that yet. Um, we, we've had to to definitely put our thinking hats on and come together as a team and problem solve, which is great. That's how you get good products and, and innovate. Mm-hmm. So, um, but that's just part of it, man. Like there's no shortcuts. You can't take shortcuts with this stuff. Um, people are relying on products that keep them safe and uh, on the mountain and, and having a good experience. So we're, we're not taking shortcuts. Exactly. Yeah. There, and there's so many uses that I've just learned in my few years of Western hunting for trekking poles. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like if you're solo hunting and you need to skin an animal or get the meat off, you can use trekking poles to hold a leg yep. up. Like there's so many different things other than just walking with them. That's probably the least used way for me anyway, of a trekking pole It's like, <laughs> I'm either using them to walk out with meat or they're in my pack. That's usually what, what right. it is. And, and as I get older, I'm sure that'll change. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, but... there's a lot of, there's a lot of fun gear hacks with those trekking poles that we quite honestly are going to do a better job about and, and putting some educational videos out there on, on how to use them in different ways. Um, and we have some products that will come along and continue to work as a system-based approach that just make your life easier on the mountain. So mm-hmm. we're excited to share that stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. That's cool. So you guys have, let's see the headlamp, which is pretty recent as well. We can get yep. into that here in a little bit. Um, but we've talked about the trekking poles, your TP, and then uh, you've got gators. Do you have anything else other than the headlamp and gators that you would like to talk about? Um, I'm, I, I'm pausing because I'm, ha- I'm my, my head's in like three different years right now. Like mm-hmm. what's currently available, what's about to be available. And, and then what I really can't talk about at all. Um, no, the, the Gators was the second product we came out with, second to the, the trekking poles. Um, and then it was the headlamp after that and now the teepee. Um, you know, we it was kind of an interesting decision to go into to, with the Gators. Um, it it kind of happened on accident a little bit, but it was a frustration we were having personally. And we were young enough and nimble enough still that we were like, screw it, let's just make our own freaking Gator. Um, and so... <laughs> Uh, Lampers was a huge, Ryan Lampers is a huge part, uh, in the development of that. That guy is notoriously hard on, on gear and he has a very interesting way in which he, he likes to product test. Um, like even with the stitching, like he was taking this little tool he has trying to get it to break. And I'm like, well, no one like, that's not going to happen on the mountain. He's like, it doesn't matter if I can break it like this, it won't last. And so it was just this really crazy stuff. But, um, you know, we, we, we use the word bomb proof because that's what we were going for. And I, and I know some people don't like to try to make that comparison, but that's truly what we wanted to do. And there was a lot of thought put into that, um, that product, the Dyneema stitching is bomb proof as it's intended to be. There's those um, hyper um, internal kick plates on the inside that help reduce, um, you know, any sort of uh, abrasion and wear of, of the, uh, the fabric itself. Um, you know, those are three and four layer waterproof fabrics that, allow for maximum durability and um you know if you're freaking post holing through snow or in different you know know, like shale like going through different rock terrain etc they're they're designed to to take the brunt of whatever you you kick them into and so um the the little feature that most people don't realize at the top with our buckle um 
it's actually like a quick release. And so instead of having to like reset the sizing and like, you know, um, cinch it back down every time in between uses, when you put them back on and take them off, it's just a quick release button. And so it's more of an easy use thing. It's just kind of a neat little feature that you appreciate once you use it, but it's, it's, it's pretty nice. You just put those bad boys on. It's already set where it's supposed to be for its sizing, clip it in and you're off. And so that, that product's been awesome for us. We just released it in a green color this past fall. Um, but they all do really, really well. And then obviously the headlamp, man, that, that, that product right there has been killer for us. Um, we weren't, we knew it was going to do well, but we weren't expecting it to do that well. So, um, that one really kind of, I think put us on the map a little bit more last year when we launched it. So, um, with the success we've had just in those four products alone and what's coming up, like I'm excited, like the, the brand's doing some really cool things that I think, uh, will continue to help people. So, it's, it's going to be fun the next few years. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, exactly. And again, I love seeing the, you and, you know, young company, I say young peaks have been around for, for a few years now, but still pretty young. And as far as companies, we go. feel young. Yeah, it yeah, still is. Exactly. Exactly. And so the fact that you're interested in that growth, reaching out to other markets, finding, I love companies that find holes in a market or not even just holes, but maybe something that's faltering because the older companies which were state of the art at the time have fallen in right. love with their product and are not innovating or they're not taking that right. feedback to continue making things better. And, and the fact that you guys are in that young stage where you're, you're like, you know what, we're finding these little things that we've used all this gear. We want to mm -hmm. make it better and we're going to make a product that makes it better. Um, sure. You know, that that's a big deal. And so, you know, with, with that being said, why, why, I mean, you, you lift, you listed out a few things for your uh, gators, but why the headlamp? What would make your headlamp stand out compared to other great headlamps that are out there that do the red light, white yeah. light, et cetera? Yeah. So I think, you know, the reason that a lot of people really enjoy the headlamp and, and what we were kind of going for is the versatility of it and then the long battery life. And so if you run it in that high, there's three white settings, three red settings, if you run it in that highest white setting, you're probably going to get about six hours, which isn't a lot, but the it's over a thousand lumens. So it's like, man, it's like having a, um, a spotlight on your forehead walking mm -hmm. around. Most guys aren't going to run it on that highest white setting. Um, the only time I've ever personally used it is when it's like, all right, we are done and we are packing out and I want to see everything on my way out of here because I know that we'll, we'll be getting to the truck here soon. Um, I typically run it on the lowest red setting um, at night because you can get up to 72 to 76 hours on that low red setting without having to charge. The beauty of it is if you're, you know, running a power bank, um, you can charge it on those longer, like 14 plus day type backcountry hunts. Um, you can charge it with your power bank. It's, it's a rechargeable uh, battery, um, easy to bring along extra rechargeable batteries as well. Uh, that, that whole headlamp will clip off of the plastic, um, uh, head carrier itself. And so you can use that in different ways. It's got why Stephen Drake loves it so much. It's most headlamps. You can only move it a little bit. This thing's got mm -hmm. 300 or 180 degree, um, flexibility in its movement. And so even if you do put it on upside down accidentally, there really is no upside down with that thing because you, you've got so much maneuverability with it. And, um, it's durable. Uh, we, we admittedly had a little bit of an issue that we've already fixed. It's been an inline fix since, since that initial production, um, where the plastic 
that holds the headlamp in place was breaking. Um, outside of that, the hardware is incredibly durable. We fixed that situation. Those aren't breaking anymore. Um, but it's just one of those things that you learn and try to improve upon uh, as you go. But the durability, the, the flexibility and, and the range of all those different lights uh, settings that you can use, um, it, it makes it just a really awesome all around backcountry headlamp. So, right. People and then love you can it. also, you can also lock it. Correct. Correct. So it doesn't yeah, so get turned on in your backpack. It, exactly. It's got the typical locking feature. Um, I think that's the biggest mistake that people run into or, or, you know, fail that they have on their hunt. It's like, Oh crap, it turned on in my pack and I didn't know it. Now it's dead. Um, you can lock that thing and, and it saves you that heartache <laughs> and frustration. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's got a few different settings that other headlamps don't have and, and it's, it's bright. It's really, really bright when you need it to be. Yeah. Yeah. So far, you know, in my little bit of testing, which I definitely don't beat it up like Ryan or I need to find out what tool he's got. I'm going to start doing that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's nothing special. It's whatever he found in his garage. Yeah, he's using I, just to like, it's probably a bear claw with. or something. Who yeah. knows? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, in my little bit of testing that that headlamp has been really awesome. It's definitely going to be in my pack this year. And yep. uh, I just want to hear from you. You know what? You know what makes your product stand out a little bit more because I can find some things that for me make sense, um, but just generally from the person that's you know behind the scenes making it, why sure. you know why you guys did it. So you know, um, yeah, and I think too, like we we realize that we're not trying to be something for everybody. Like I, I think we would start to fail as a company to our customers if we were like, oh, this is greatest thing for everybody. I, I don't think that's realistic. Um, if it's not for you, then, Hey, that's okay. We're doing our best to solve problems that we've identified as backcountry hunters. Um, and we're, we're listening to customer feedback the best we can. I mean, to your point, like some people are like, well, why can't you just do this? It's like, cause that'll take two or three years. So you may not, we may be already working on that and you just don't know it. Um, mm -hmm. but I think that that is what makes us awesome. I mean, I'm not going to shy away from that. We're, we're a great company because we're doing it right. And, uh, you know, a lot of us have a lot of background in working in consumer products in the hunting space, and we've seen the good, bad, the ugly. We've made mistakes that we're not looking to repeat, and uh, it's onward and upward. Let's just make a really cool company and, and 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 innovate, and that's the goal. That's awesome. Now, with I, I just one last thing on the company itself. Mm -hmm. uh, where did the name come from? Where did he yeah. So um, our good buddy, Jordan Harbertson helped us there for, for a little bit. And then he's been so successful in everything he's done. Uh, for those of you who don't know Jordan, he uh, was one of the uh, original founders of Mountain Ops. Um, but the guy's been a marketing genius and, and worked with multiple companies in the hunt space for a long time. And so we decided uh, originally that <laughs> I have to laugh. So it was such a bad idea. Originally, the company was called Big Sissy Gear. And uh, we, we got over our ski tips a little bit there. And, and in hindsight, that was absolutely a horrible name and idea. And so uh, Jordan course corrected us and said, um, we, we were only like a year old at the time. Nobody knew who we were. He's like, let's rebrand. It's a great time to rebrand. Um, we had kind of stumbled across the idea. Originally, it was just going to be trekking poles. And we were like, this is fine, but this isn't like how do you make a business out of just trekking poles in our space and then a light bulb went off it's like oh we need to own the backcountry hunters campsite and so we can't be big sissy gear anymore that won't work and so it just went through like a, a typical process of a rebrand you get some 
creative marketing geniuses in, in a roundtable discussion and you start whiteboarding different ideas and, you know, a mountain peak is, is um, a very common uh, scene that you would, would see with any of our products. And that quickly turned into the cool idea of peaks with an X. Um, and so this whole business right here is, was a couple of months of just a rebranding project and, um, you know, trying to identify ourselves a little bit more broadly across what we think the next 10 or 15 years plus would, would look brand. No, that's awesome. That's, that's really cool. I've always been interested in, in knowing how that came about. And that's, I I would agree that, um, sissy sticks is fun. Uh, big sissy gear. I don't know how, (laughs) I don't know know that that it would have worked. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it would have worked as well up to this point. The sissy sticks will never go away. That'll always be kind of the trekking Mm -hmm. pole line. And again, it's that tip of the hat to where it started into a gentleman that was a mentor to, to our founder. And, mm-hmm. um, that'll, that'll never go away. That was a cool way that the, the company started. Cause I remember when, um, so I was really the first person that came in to start helping Bryce and, and I saw Brian was about to go to New Zealand and I, I sent him a text. I was like, Hey dude, um, I saw you're griping about the trekking poles you're using. I was like, I got a buddy that. I'm working on a new company with, you got to try these trekking poles. Can we send you some? And he was like, all right. He's like, well, what are they called? And you got to remember Brian calls podcasts and his YouTube channel is Mm -hmm. gritty. And I was like, they're called sissy sticks. So you've got these two clashing, you know, names, which is pretty (laughs) awesome. He was pretty apprehensive about it. And I think he still struggles a little bit with him being gritty and using sissy sticks. Uh, But he's fully embraced it. Then, and he and Lampers took those, those trekking poles to uh, New Zealand and, fell in love with them and and they've been, you know, a, a big part of the growth in the brand. And I just kind of snowballed from there, but Sissy Sticks is here to stay. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's uh, you know, and then I, I did say that was the last question about the company, but I did have one more question that I've got, yeah. I've gotten asked a lot personally. I'm sure you guys have too, um, but just putting it out there with, with a lot of people loving the idea of cork on the handles of the, the poles, yeah, you know, you know this is coming. <laughs> what is there any plans to put cork on the handles and and also why didn't you start there uh, when so yeah. many other brands that's what they do? Uh, when is this podcast re- dropping? <laughs> what are you releasing <laughs> this? <laughs> um, probably five or six weeks. Yeah. Okay. So guess what, guys? The cork poles are here. So yeah, they're they're. <laughs> They're going to be here by at the time this podcast. Um, so the uh, elite um, pole will have a cork handle um, op- option as well. And then the Z pole will have a cork handle option. And so the reason we didn't start there is, as you, I mean, as any good you know company knows, you, you go through some, um, some market analysis. Uh, those, those data points are key in making sure that you're, you're giving consumers what they want. There's some qualitative data there, some, some gut um, you know, feeling that, that weighs in as well, since we are all hunters at peaks. Um, but ultimately, uh, the decision was made just to hold off on the cork and let's see how everything else goes because the, the lion's share of the market actually is, is not cork is what we found. And so, uh, we're excited to be able to offer the cork handles, uh, this year. I, I think they'll do really, really well. Firstly, I think that's what I'll probably gravitate towards myself. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that's what I constantly get asked when yeah. there. You know, I'll send people. I'm like, hey, you should definitely go check out these or that. And everyone's like, oh, they don't have a cork option. I'm like, I know, 
<laughs> yeah, I know. I know. But That's... believe it or not, yeah, um, it didn't make sense to start there. And then, I mean, anybody who's ever started a business before, it's like you kind of have to pick and choose. Mm-hmm. And it's tough because it's like we would love to just come out immediately and do everything. But um, we didn't have a big investor like this is it's been a, a bootstrap sort of a deal. Um, it's it's Bryce and uh, us, you know, doing our best to make the best decisions possible for cons- customers and the growth of the company. And so, yeah, I would have loved to pull out like 20 products year one, but uh, this slow methodical growth and really making sure we're building the right products that meet expectations is, is working. So um, that's awesome. It's what we're going to keep doing. Uh, yeah, I definitely understand that can be frustrating, but it's definitely, you know, respectable to to not just slap something on a product sure. just to get it out there. You know, you want sure, to build sure. your brand based on high quality products. And that's definitely something that people need to understand. And, you know, yeah. when their cheap stuff craps out on them because they went to Walmart and bought the cheap stuff. That's right. They end up back with you, and they'd be like, "Oh, hey, now they do offer this product. Look <laughs> yeah. at that, and it's better. It's going to last me more than a year." So exactly. that, that's that's awesome. So shifting from peaks, I think we've broken uh, pretty much everything down uh, that I had questions yeah. about personally that I've received questions on. Um, let's talk about Ryan a little bit here, <laughs> and uh, you know, the whole idea of going from you know Eastern. I guess were you Midwest or Eastern? Uh, uh, East Texas. Yeah. East Texas. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother. Yeah. It's its own people. little country over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it exactly. <laughs> so it's not really Midwest or Eastern. That's just Texas. No, so it's you were just Texas. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So going from that to Western hunting and then now, you know, you, you help out with a lot of companies. Peaks is obviously one that's kind of on the mm-hmm. forefront. Um, that's a lot of gear items as well. Uh, but you just have that entrepreneurial spirit, which is something that I feel like is is growing in a lot of people, but a lot of people don't tap into that. It's not something that sure. that people feel comfortable with, which I'm sure you as well didn't feel yeah. comfortable the first time you jumped off that secure job that you had into yeah. the entrepreneurial it's field. Big risk. Exactly, exactly. And on top of that, you've got a family, and not just a family. You're growing your family. You're currently yeah. uh, your your wife has a bun in the oven. So you you got your first little boy, right? So congrats (laughs) on that as well. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. You know, you're right. uh, I mean, it's, uh, I was just going to say, talk a little bit about your entrepreneurial spirit, how you tapped into that for those that may be looking to make the leap or have thought about it. And, and the kind of that process, um, behind the whole, you know, getting out of that secure job into entrepreneurialism. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, super interesting. So mine was, it was uh, very uncomfortable. So I, I was having a lot of success at Sitka and, and they were going in a totally different direction. Um, didn't, I, I was having a hard time really kind of getting on board with uh, the direction the company was going. Um, you know, I grew up quite a bit differently. Um, you know, the things I love about hunting and, and staying true to hunters um, is important to me. And so uh, it was it was not a clean or a, a very fun um, exit, but it was mutual. And so, yeah, I mean, the I was kind of found myself in an interesting position. This was right before COVID, literally like a month before crap hit the fan. Hmm. And so, um, you know, obviously I, I knew we were about to start doing some good things with Peaks. Uh, it was still big sissy gear at the time. And I knew there was an option there. I'd had some other companies reach out uh, wanting me to be involved in what they were doing. 
And uh, my friend David Brinker uh, had left Sitka for similar and other reasons um, about a year before I did. And he was happier. He was much happier. Um, I was making more money. And I was like, man, what am I doing? Like, I'm miserable. I'm depressed. I have anxiety. Um, it's negatively affecting my family. Um, all because I'm sitting here slaving away, grinding it out, trying to do my best for, you know, um, potentially a company that doesn't really give a crap. And, and that's been my case. Not, and I'm not singling out any one company here, but that's kind of been my experience in every company I've worked with prior since right out of college. Um, at the end of the day, you're expendable when you work for a corporation and, um, you know, it's, it's a machine and, and you can have a lot of success, have a lot of great learnings, have a lot of great uh, people that I worked with over the years that I credit to uh, allowing me to learn what I've learned and, and grow and, and still friends to this day. But um, what I learned is, you know, in creating Trophy Expeditions, which is the booking agency I own with my dad, it was kind of an offshoot of their travel agency. That was way more fun and gratifying. And um, I felt like we could control our narrative a little bit more and do something more meaningful and impactful beyond just, you know, having a bunch of execs look at a spreadsheet and commanding the troops accordingly. Uh, I, I learned that that wasn't for me. And so um, all those things kind of came together that I was trying to jump off the cliff, kind of getting shoved off the cliff and jumping at the same time. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, I, I mean, literally I, my happiness is up tremendously more. I have way more freedom. My daughter is, a phenom softball player. We just got back from Arizona. Her team just qualified for a national championship in California this summer. And I have the freedom and flexibility to go and be every step along the way and travel the country playing softball, which I love watching her do and get to hunt a lot more for myself now as well. And so it's, there's, there's give and take. Is it a huge risk? Absolutely. Um, but if you find success and you're confident in your own personal skill sets and, and, and if you work hard, I mean, people probably look from the outside looking in, they're like, geez, all that guy does is travel and hunt. It's like, man, I probably put in more hours than most people. Um, but I get to make my hours when I want to. And it allows me freedom to be with my family more and hunt more. It's just allows you more freedom and flexibility to play in your life. And so, uh, I, I think that in being an entrepreneur, you have to be opportunistic, and so I think it, for a lot of people, they, they don't realize that those side hustles, they're real. Like you better have them. You need safety nets with safety nets with safety nets um, because things can change. Like a lot of what I do is contractual. Uh, I'll be in a 12 month contract or I'll be on a project basis. And then it's turn and burn. I've got equity in some companies. I don't in others. Um, it's, it's a grind. Like it's, it's definitely not the stability as having a full-time job with a corporate operation that's just like oh i just sit back and go through the motions but it's much more gratifying and so that's that's where that happiness factor comes in if you're you're going to spend the majority of your life working you better do something you love and i've just decided to fully embrace that that's awesome and you're doing better financially which is what a lot of people yeah. you know they yeah. they are concerned with and and rightfully sure. so if you have a family we're yeah. you know definitely you and i we're not saying like jump off the deep end and yeah. leave your family be, hanging. Be calculated. Like, that's not good you either. have to yeah. be, be calculated. I didn't, I had safety nets in place. So I was like, all right, mm -hmm. I'm jumping, but I know there's a net below that net and a net yeah. below that one. So yeah. we have some opportunity to make this work. And if it fails, I can go back to what I was doing with somebody else. So mm -hmm. exactly.
Exactly. No, that that's awesome. And I, I definitely respect that a lot. That's a, it's a huge deal that, you know, and I think there was some golden nuggets in there for sure of that people need to understand that. Yes. You maybe you've got your nine to five right now, which I still do, but right. you start working towards your other goals, you know, putting time into that. There's going to be nights like last night. I mean, again, you and I were chatting about this, but last night I didn't get home till two in the morning yeah. because I was out doing stuff that honestly, I, you know, I was helping with elk shape camp. I don't get paid to do that, but right. gratified <laughs> by helping other young campers get a better experience out of that networking with them, meeting sure. people. I met some amazing people at camp, you know, getting to talk with other guys that are actually running the elk shape camp and right. meeting up with them when they're so busy that they don't have time to sit down and chat for hours, but you're at the camp you get to go and, and hang out with these guys and learn from them, you know? Right. And so things like that, you have to make that sacrifice where, uh, you know, it's building up your network. It's building up those safety nets, like what you're talking about. So you do have that exit strategy whenever things do end up either going wrong or you're just like, you know what? I'm done. I'm not satisfied here. Yeah. Um, and that bleeds into like what you were saying, anxiety, depression, all the other things which do affect your family life, even though maybe your bank account's okay. Everything right. else isn't. And so yep. there's all those factors into it. Um, and then of course, you know, it's, it's key guys to have some sort of facial hair. If you're a man, you gotta have- <laughs> apparently, <laughs> apparently in this industry, like it's, it's like a requirement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we were just talking the other day. I don't know how Ryan uh, Lampers does the, the long hair. Like he's always picking ticks <laughs> off himself. I'm like, dude, like let's just, I Oh, that, I don't, and then the heat too. Like, oh man, I don't know. I don't, he's I don't he's get it. Back, he's the backcountry Jesus man. Like he, right. if, if you didn't know him, and he was just walking around like on the side of the highway, be like, man, look at that bum. Um, but uh, <laughs> I don't know either. Like I'm balding, so I don't have that problem of even having the mm. temptation of long hair. Um, but yeah, no, you bring up a good point. <laughs> No, thank you. Find some way to stand out. Like we talk about Ryan's with Ryan with long hair. You've got Ryan over here with the awesome mustache. You got red beard. You know, you just find yeah. a way to get your facial hair to stand out. Right? <laughs> it's, it's it's whatever you got to do. It's you know, it's it's interesting. Like we're we're joking about it, and some people listen to me be like, "Wow, that's really dumb." But honestly, like if if you aren't differentiating yourself in every way possible, but still being like a good person and having high moral standard and like having a certain skill valued, like there's a lot of people that can probably do what I do, but I've figured out different ways to differentiate myself um, and continue to network. Um, you know, like there, there is no stop. You can't ever get comfortable. As soon as you find yourself getting comfortable, man, that should be like, that should scare the crap out of you. You should be like, Oh geez, well, mm-hmm. I, I need to reevaluate. Like, what am I missing here? What, what, uh, what can I, you know, look at in, in my life, not just within work, but personal life too, to, you know, keep myself sharp, stay growing. And so exactly, I think that works for my personality type. That may not work for every personality out there, but uh, that's, that's where I've seen a lot of my success. No, I, I definitely agree. And something else, of course, it's, it's fresh on my mind, just going to camp and, and I've thought about this and I talk with this uh, talk with people that I coach, you know, on the side there with, with health mm-hmm. coaching um, just what are you working towards in retirement? You know, if you've got that solid nine to five, yeah, you've got your 401k, you've got a couple of other investments maybe, but if you're not taking care of yourself and your family right now, 
Yeah, I see it happen. It's so sad when people retire at 60 or 50, whatever, and right. they're no longer healthy enough to go and enjoy what they've sure. just worked so hard to save up for. Like, what are you right. retiring towards, you know? And so that's another thing that I like to ask people a lot. You know, if you're not taking care of your health, well, mm-hmm. when you do get 50, yeah, it's cool if you got a fat bank account, but <laughs> what is it for? What do you right. want? Like, what are you going to be able to go do with for sure? And, and so, you know, being, being able to stay active, be healthy. And of course, like what you were saying, you know, just having the, that good network differentiates yourself and, being of high moral standard, holding your standard, all of those things come into come into key to where you can enjoy your life now. But also when you do actually retire, you've got those. I don't like to say passive income. It's technically passive income, but mm-hmm. you're still working here and there to help sure. build these other companies that you're involved with. Um, but you're able to make your own time and and do what you want. Go travel with your daughter. That's crushing it at softball and, yeah. and things like that. And, uh, uh, you know, that's just, I think that's, those are some big golden nuggets to take from this conversation. So I really appreciate that. Um, yeah. yeah. What, uh, where can people find you um, if they want to, you know, reach out to you, ask you questions or, uh, yeah. or peaks even. Yeah. Um, great question. I'm trying to think of the best. <laughs> I, I would say, I don't know. I probably, um, you can follow me on Instagram. Um, my, my account's pretty simple. It's just my first and last name is Ryan Bassam um reach out to me there i have a lot of people almost on a daily if not but definitely weekly basis reach out just for whatever like i'm i'm an open book happy to help anybody whether you're going through depression anxiety work advice um haunt advice want to book a trip um ask about products whatever um that's kind of become a, a really fun place for me to to be able to help people and so um i like to look at it from that point of view um, reach out to me there. Um, if you have any specific questions about peaks, um, you can shoot me an email, ryan.bassam at peaksequipment.com or info at peaksequipment.com. Um, and that's, yeah, reach out anytime. I'm an open book. I like, I like to chat with people and, and help them on their own journey too. I, I've had a lot of people do that for me. So we got to pay it forward. Um, people took, took a chance and, and bet on me and took the time to, to help me learn and, and grow. And I can only hope that I can, I can do that. No promises. Um, I don't know everything that's for dang sure, but I'm happy to share. Awesome. And then for peaks, it's what's the uh, Instagram. Yeah. And I guess I'll put the website it's, down below as well. Yeah. It's just uh, peaks equip is the, the Instagram peaks equipment.com. Um, we launched a new YouTube channel recently. Check us out there. We've got a lot more content coming up for that. Um, trying to think where else we have a tiktok page but man like i don't know about the whole tiktok thing <laughs> it's still pretty yeah. suspect for me and it's not <laughs> hunter friendly at all so um but yeah if you, if you want to stay up on all things peaks um definitely check out our website subscribe to our, our email um you can do that from the website itself we're always doing some cool giveaways we we like to run some pretty cool programs at our, our showroom here in bozeman um doors are, are always open. Please feel free to stop by between normal working hours. Uh, our buddy, Jeff Dodd, who we just hired as our first full-time hire. He'll, he'll be more than happy to take care of you. Bryce and I are usually doing something in there. Um, so come by, say, Hey, but we also do these cool things where like, we just had a bear camp. And so Mark Libesay, uh, Brian call, Ryan Lampers were all there. And we did like a two and a half day seminar, like geeking out on, you know, um, 
e-scouting and, and, you know, with the current weather that we're dealing with, like what are the best tactics for um, early spring bear hunts? How does that change and how do your hunting tactics change throughout bear season into, you know, mid and, and into your late season and, and where, how do you find bears? How are you successful? Anything and everything around it. We've done some specific to elk. Uh, we had Corey Jacobson come in and do a cool thing for Andy Newberg last year for elk camp. So if you want to stay up to speed with new products, opportunities like that to come and interact and learn from these guys that have spent a lot of time in the field, um, subscribe to the newsletter. Uh, we, we've got some cool stuff going on. So, but, but yeah, otherwise, man, like hopefully we'll catch you guys in the field or at an event or something somewhere where we, we, we love talking to our customers and getting feedback. So reach out. Awesome. Yeah. You heard it here guys. And uh, you know, I'm excited. If you haven't picked up some trekking poles, by the time this comes out, you'll be able to go grab some with cork handles, uh, right. which is, seems to be a hot topic. So, uh, but definitely go check out Peak Gear. Everything that I've seen, everything that I've personally run, uh, works amazing. Uh, it's top notch. If you want some gear that's going to last you for a long time in these specific categories that they offer, definitely want to pick it up from Peak. So, I'll leave those links down below, guys. Check them out. And again, thanks again for tuning in. Hope you guys have an amazing day. And of course, get out, live your life, and love it. Well, that wraps up another great conversation here on the podcast. Thanks so much, guys, for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed that conversation. We're able to pick out some golden nuggets that Ryan dropped on us. If you're interested in finding Ryan, I'm going to leave his information down below. Also, Peaks and their great teepee that they just came out with their shelter. They've got gators. They have trekking poles. They just came out with those cork-handled trekking poles as well, which are phenomenal. Guys, go check them out. I'll leave that link down below as well. Thanks so much. And again, if you gained something from this, all I ask is that you please share. You may not be able to provide monetarily by purchasing and using some of these affiliate links. I 100% understand that. But what you can do and what I do appreciate that you would do is leave a review if you're listening to this audio version only and go subscribe to the YouTube channel and like the video of this podcast and then share it with others. Those are a couple of things that are free, take very little time, and would be very much appreciated as we continue to grow Redbeard Outdoors and future projects that we have. I'm really excited where this is going. Thank you so much for helping this grow, and let's keep moving forward together. And of course, get out, live your life, and love it.